Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Mm -hmm. Having a disability such as blindness or another can be difficult too. Sometimes it feels like God's not even there. But in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find we are not alone. Hi everyone, I'm Cecilia. It's great to be back with you again. Um, I'm not sure the listeners are happy you're back. What are you doing? Are you chewing gum? Yes. Did you ever get caught chewing gum at school? No. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, once I did. I blew a bubble and it exploded like one of my hands. Uh-huh. So I had to walk out and... Like, wash my hands. It was not pretty. Yeah, I don't think so. It's really not pretty here either. Tell you what, everybody. We'll be back after a short little song. Now that we've got all that worked out, let's get to work. Um, Today, we're going to be starting in chapter 2, verse 12. If you could start reading at verse 12 and probably on to 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling this just isn't fair. I mean, first, I have to get rid of my gum. Well, yeah. Well, then, second, now I have to read about working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I don't like working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I mean, I can't, how am I supposed to do that? I, I can't drive. I can't get to the store and, and just walk through and, and, and get things without help. I've always wanted to go on a missionary trip, but they won't take me. Who wants a blind person on a missionary trip, you know? And, and I mean, that at the potlucks, they always tell me to bring the chips. Okay, okay, okay Sid, I'm, 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 I'm sorry I made you spit out your gum. But I think the listeners are a little happier that you did. It just... Why are you coming across for a while in the, in the microphone? <laughs> Work out your own salvation. And you, and you don't like this because you feel you can't work it out, huh? No. Well, did you expect Christianity to be easy? Yes, Christ did it all. Ah. Well, that's fascinating. And there are many people who do think of it that way. He did it all. We do nothing. We just take the glory and the fun and, and, and everything. Sorry. In fact, if you remember, these Philippians uh, in the midst of this Roman colony were being persecuted. They were like a dust bunny underneath the sofa of life. And they're trying to make it among many religions. And they were ridiculed for it. 
And they did have to work out their salvation because there are so many things going on around them that would suck them in. It's easy to live by nature, your sinful nature. Not so easy to live the new nature because it's brand new. And Paul is speaking to them right now to encourage them, them that, well, read on, you, 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 we stopped too soon. Okay. Um, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Okay. It, it, if we only stopped at 12 and work out your salvation with fear and trembling, I mean, that would be like the, um, the Israelites at the bottom of the mountain trying to obey God's Ten Commandments and seeing the smoke on the mountain and, and, and couldn't do it. But God came down the mountain and he's among us. He's with us and he helps us to work this out and struggles with us. And he helps us to live according to his will. And we're going to read more about his will and how that good thing is. Um, and sometimes his will, as you were just kind of bemoaning, isn't always like you want. But, you know, God never promised that it'd be easy. Nor, being the creator, has he said, am I going to bow down and do your whim? After all, he's the creator, we are the creature. And he's not beholden to apologize to us. But instead, he works in and through us. I'm ready. Okay, let's uh, read on. How about then? Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing.
even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. You know, Cecilia, as I hear this, Paul really is setting up a contrast um, between the believers in the small community and rest of the world. He, he starts out by saying, don't be complaining or arguing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But he tells us to be blameless and pure. Yeah. And instead of going back to the negative, he takes the positive again right away. Be children of God without fault. <laughs> and then he goes back to the negative. Uh-huh. In a crooked and depraved generation. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with outlining sentences. It's A, B, B, A. And then he's jumping to C. For as Christians are doing these things, which is jumping back to verse 12 about working out your salvation, doing God's will, well, then it is in stark contrast to the world of who they are. In which you shine like like stars. Stars. Bright points of light shining in a dark, dark night. And as that occurs, just like a bright light in the night helps sailors guide the ship to shore, so the bright lights of Christians shining in this dark abyss of crookedness and depravedness are guiding people to the shores of salvation because we hold out the word of life. in life that there some things you do are really easy and you don't mind doing it but then there are some things that are well hard but even though it's really hard it gets when it's done you got great satisfaction can you think of something like that hmm uh well oh oh I know Mm. Mm. 
Jeez, this is delicious. Yep, this is excellent stuff, man. You're a good cook, Cease. What about you, Pastor Dave? Is there something that that you work really hard at and and then you say good job at the end of the day? Hmm. Well, it's not cleaning toilets and sinks. <laughs> it's not vacuuming. Oh, I know! Oh, yeah! Chopping wood. Ah, cool. But what's this all got to do with what? <laughs> well, you know, uh, in the last verse that we read, verse 18, Paul talked about rejoicing. Yeah. And even though his life's being poured out like a drink offering, that's not a lot of fun. No. It jumps back to verse 12. Work out your own salvation. And remember, I did say it's not something that's really easy. It's not something that comes natural. It's hard. Because that which is easy and natural, yeah, easy (laughs) and natural, is that... uh, um, uh, the world of 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 a crooked and depraved world, that's what comes easy. For us to be shining like stars and not just blending in like a blip, like a rock, like an asteroid just floating through, it's hard. But when we do that, we rejoice. Just like when you cook a meal, you can feel good about it. Just like when I chop wood, I can feel good about it. Not because of the praise, but because it was a job well done. So it's easy to do bad things. It's not so easy to do the good things. Uh Uh-huh. turns to two of the shining stars in his life. First, we have Timothy, uh, reading verses 19 through 24 of chapter 2. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because, as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Paul speaks highly about Timothy. After all, he is spiritually his son. Uh, it was referred to earlier in, in our study that Timothy was one who was noted at the beginning of chapter 16 of the book of Acts and how he, uh, a resident of Lystra's, Lystra, uh, became a Christian and then came along with Paul 
including to Philippi when Paul was imprisoned and such, and then on with his journeys. Paul uh, had Timothy like a pastor in training, sort of, right? Exactly. And that's the other contrast, because, not contrast, that's the other parallel you have, father-son. Often a son was an apprentice of the father's work. And so Paul was the the, uh, supervisor of Timothy as he was learning, as you say very aptly, to be a pastor. Verses 25 through 30 of chapter 2. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. In Paul's day, Actually, even 150 years ago, death was a very common thing. Most people lived in an agricultural society where they saw animals dying every day. And so even death among people was rather common. Even with that said, we get the idea here that Paul would have felt great sorrow. I almost think guilt if Epaphroditus would have died because he was sent by the Philippians to be with Paul. Oh, there's nothing like somebody with you, sitting next to you, just to be there when you're not feeling well or you're stuck and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. That's what Epaphroditus was for Paul. But he got sick while he was there. If he would have died, I think Paul would have felt guilty, like, man, he should have been back with them, and so he's happy to send him back. He also knew, though, that they would feel bad if he died, one might ask, well, why didn't Paul lay hands on him? Yeah, I was just going to ask, <laughs> uh-huh. why didn't Paul heal him then? Because healing is not just a snap of the fingers, lapping on hands, and we control it. That is a gift that God chooses to give. It's not something we have control over. And pe- a lot of people forget that. That um, Just like when the people want to lay hands on us because of our disability, our blindness or exactly. whatever. Exactly. It's really God's will and whether that should happen or not. I'm sure Paul prayed for Epaphroditus that he be better. Well, and thankfully he did get better and he did go back. And uh, um, and so Paul's joy was happy and he knew the Philippians would be as well. Because again, this is another key star, not only in Paul's life, but in the life of the Philippians. Thank you.
without mentioning both Timothy and Epaphroditus, it occurs to me to make a comment here about people in the Bible. I learned years ago it is so much easier to visualize a person and what they do rather than academic principles and postulates. I maybe have mentioned this before. I don't remember. But it's such a good point to remember and note, especially if one is blind and visually impaired and can't read print material to make lists, but depend upon an oral communication. The example that I love to think of, remember going on vacation, going to a friend's house up in Michigan? We were just spending three, four days with him just to get away. And uh, Tori was just a baby, about a year and a half old, and uh, maybe even younger. And uh, we entered uh, our friend's house. He was a pastor, just like me. I was a parish pastor at the time. And uh, his wife and his, his daughter, Anna, who was four years old, uh, were home. But Rob wasn't home as of yet. And uh, I remember uh, uh, Deb saying, oh, here he drives up. So I wandered over to the front door and uh, said, hey, Rob, how you doing? Oh, it was a day. And then he turned and he saw his daughter and said, Anna! And he raced to her and she raced to him and he picked her up and spun her around and, and he laughed and how's my Anna? How was your day? And oh, and I always think about Rob and Anna when I think about being a dad now uh, because he gave me a good example, an image, something I can visualize. Not that a uh, rather than principles like a dad leaves his work uh, at the office, a dad uh, puts his family first, a dad shows great interest in his daughters. It's, it's okay to say those things, but it's easier to have that experience. And so when I come home or when I see my daughters, I think, Rob. And I can visualize him racing to Anna and picking her up and spinning her, giggling and laughing as a four-year-old. And that's what I want to live up to. That's what we have also with people in the Bible. Paul talked about Timothy and uh, Epaphroditus, not just to talk about them, but to give us that picture and image so that we will get a better understanding of who they are so that we can remember them as the image, so we can live towards them. Certainly, our best image is Jesus. Although sometimes, being our Savior and God, it's hard to picture Him as walking the earth and such. We try to portray that in, in a lot of what we do here in Room 42.16. But uh, people in the Bible um, can be even a better example not better, another example of, of our life. And then also don't forget the people, right, who live now. In your community, in your, the, uh, where you attend church, if you attend church, or a strong Christian that you might know.
Maybe you won't notice that I'm chewing gum again. My mother gave me a nickel to buy a pickle. I did not buy a pickle. I bought some chewing gum. Oh my la, la, gosh, la, 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 are you chewing, chewing again? And actually, that's not quite the, how the song goes. It's Isn't bazooka, it? zooka, bubblegum. Bazooka, not. zooka, bubblegum. You know, I think we just better end the show. Well, then there's how my about? favorite song. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bed post overnight? If your mother says We thank you very much for listening to us, and I promise I'll get the gum away from her for the next show. We'd love to hear your comments, especially if it's bad about her chewing bubble gum. You can send comments to info at not-alone.net. Or uh, Facebook, you can look up my name, Dave Dot Andrus. Well, no, Dave room forty. Yeah, well, yeah, Dave Dot Andrus at not dashalone.net or room forty two sixteen. Yay! And Don't just forget, remember, we, we are, are not, not alone. alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. (laughs) These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Eric Weisberg, Dueling Banjos from the album Deliverance, soundtrack from the motion picture. Robin Mark, Be Unto Your Name from the album Revival in Belfast. Interlude musicians Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord. And Carrie Ford and Brent Ford playing themselves. <laughs>